Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of Perfectly Good Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that is counting down every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. We're talking a fun one tonight. I am Jesse Jackson. Joining me in the passenger seat is Sylvan Groth. Hey, let's do it, baby. A nice, comfy bucket seat with yes. nice plush carpet under our feet. So I'm yes. glad you're driving while I can kick off my shoes and enjoy putting my feet out the window. <laughs> nice. Very good. Uh, yeah. So Sylvan, talk about what song we're, ta- we're discussing. We are discussing Detroit Made. Should I just go into just the facts? Let's do just the facts. So this was track number six on Dirty Jeans and Mudslide Hymns, which as a reminder was released in August 2011. It seems like only yesterday, but was quite a while ago. This featured Doug Lancio on guitar, Patrick O'Hearn on bass, and Kenny Blevins on drums. It was track number six. And I have a quote that I want to read from John, but before I get into that, I want to mention that if you're really into podcast, there was a episode of Everyone Loves Guitar, which let me see, was published in 2018 or released in 2018, I should say, that Doug Lancio did an interview and talked about his time with John, Patty Griffin, and Nancy Griffith. And he talks specifically about this album. So go ahead and if you want to hear it from the musician's mouth, as Jesse and I often say, we're not musicians. If you're into more of the technical stuff, go ahead and give that a listen. I'm going to go ahead and repeat a quote that he shared with the hosts of that podcast. Again, everyone loves guitar. Doug Lancio was a guest And he shared that the original concept was John wanted to use only acoustic guitar, but that all changed on the day we started recording. He brought over an electric guitar. We didn't use electric guitars, but they were all run through amps. And if you listen, there are some real good tones. I'm playing single notes, blues style guitar. It's screaming, but it is an acoustic. And I think that was just interesting that they started with one concept that might've been a little bit more low key, and then they ended up something pretty rocking, which is certainly evident in this song. Also, there are some notable covers, both amateur and professional. First, we have published these on our YouTube channel. Bob Seeger has not released this on an album, but for one of his tours, this was the very first song that he opened with. And he also played it on Jimmy Kimmel Live, Jimmy Kimmel is also a John Hyatt fan. So it was really fun to see that recording of, I I felt like it was both Bob Seger and Jimmy Kimmel geeking out about how much they love the song and how much they love John Hyatt as a songwriter. There's also a version from our beloved Jake Thistle, who has aged quite a bit since he first put this video out, but I think it's incredibly charming and some other amateur covers. So please go ahead and find our YouTube and write those out. I also wanted to share a quote from John that he shared with Randy Lewis at the Los Angeles Times that kind of talks about the facts of what this song is about. John said, I fell in love with those commercials about Made in Detroit. I saw those and I thought, yeah, 
I had a Buick Electra 225 that cost me 400 bucks. I bought it when I was out in LA. It was a 74 and that's back when American cars were like luxury ships. I'd be tooling down the 405 in that thing or going back to Pasadena where I was living briefly, feeling like a king. I felt like I was cruising the ocean. It was so fast. The car thing for me is way more than just the automobile. It appears so much of my work because it's so much a part of travel and so much a part of music and the troubadour lifestyle. So that covers the facts, not only on the song, but what a 225 and a Detroit made is all about. Oh, and one more fact, which I was not aware of until I started digging into this is 225, I thought might have something to do with the engine. It is actually the length of the car. It has to do with the body, not the engine. So there you go. So I owned, used a 1981 <laughs> Buick LeSabre. And it was a ship. It was huge. <laughs> it was huge just gigantic so yes it does feel like a land ship right yeah that's thank you yeah i think it's you hear detroit you think of bob seeger i'm sure this was one of those things where he goes man why didn't i write that exactly yeah. yes and i always think of michael elliott made the joke that i thought was wonderful when bruce springsteen and john mellencamp recorded a couple of songs together they said that he just pictured Seeger picking up the phone like hey y'all didn't call me where was I yeah, <laughs> yeah what you can't we could can do a trio so yeah. yes uh, and just a little personal footnote is the very first time I published my fan magazine was when John opened for Bob Seeger and the Silver Bullet Band and it was also the first time that John gave me an autograph on one of my fanzines. It was outside the Worcester Centrum in Massachusetts. And I could hear Bob Seeger thundering in the background because that set was still going on. And yeah, I'll never forget that moment because I was just handing him this thing that I had made out of my love for John's music. And he didn't understand who I was or what I was giving him. So he just autographed it and handed it back to me. And I was like, Oh, actually, I was giving that to you because I made it. And he's, oh, that's great. And as they were pulling the car away, he flipped over the fan magazine and saw that on my back cover, I had done a crossword and just broke into a deep belly laugh. His head flew back and he gave me a big thumbs up. So I tie that all in with Bob Seeger and thinking about that's when and where that happened. That's awesome. I, I love that. If someone wants to see some of those fanzines, where do they go? They are all available online, even issue one, which I'm quite embarrassed about because it's full of mistakes. It's on the JohnHyattArchives.com, hosted by Emil Bastings out of the Netherlands. And if you go to his collector section, there's also the In the John um, fan club that was put out by AM Records and my little labor of love photocopied and shipped across the sea back in the 90s and aughts. Very nice. All right. We're going to break this one down. It may get compared to Cadillac Ranch when <laughs> I get to this. So yeah, we will be back in just a moment. Hang tight and we'll see you in just a few minutes. 
Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. And we're back. Detroit made. Give me your quick thoughts, Sylvan. I think the state of Michigan should have given John the key to Motor City and rolled out the red carpet for this one. I think it almost sounds like a commercial for American manufacturing and our love of cars in a good way. I could say that as a backhanded compliment. I mean it in only the most positive way that he is talking about a love that so many people have with these inanimate objects, which should be shallow, but I think it's also sweet and touching when we think about how much our nation's history was formed by the gasoline engine and chrome. <laughs> what about you, Jesse? Yeah, I, I actually thought of that. The Chrysler has a history of there's Bob Dylan, there's Eminem doing Super Bowl commercials with music. And I'm like, hey, come on, let's do this with John. He'd appreciate the extra pennies. This is my first musical obsession was the Beach Boys. And the idea of having a car where you could cruise so your daddy took the keys away and the idea of freedom. I, I don't know about you growing up there in Vermont, but in Louisiana, right, you turn 15 or 16, you can get your driver's license and all of a sudden you have freedom. I often think back that I want to tell that 16 year old that you're going to reach a point when you're 30, you're like, oh, do I have to go to the grocery store? What do you mean? I have to ride. I don't want to get yeah. in the car and drive anymore. But back then, right, you raise your hand. I'll go. I'll go. Right. Is there right. any chance to be in the car and to play mm -hmm. the radio and mm -hmm. to feel that freedom? Cars represent freedom. The ability yes. to, I'm going to get out while I'm young, 
And <laughs> it is just, and this song talks about that love. It talks about that, that the power and the freedom and the joy that this car gives you. And you, there is a long history of so many cars. Johnny Cash, One Piece at a Time, the, the comedy song about him stealing things when he worked. And it also, I thought you brought up a really good point. The A lot of manufacturing is now done by robots. And that is just the nature of technology. But there was a time when American labor made American cars and they were the best built in the world. And there was a pride of driving that big old Buick, that that Cadillac, that Seeger, the, the Beach Boys, Bruce, talking about those cars and that symbols and their music. And I think this is worthy and just it it, it fits with that group of songs where you are giving homage to American freedom and that hitting the highway and just enjoying life. Absolutely. Yeah. And I forgot to mention in just the facts that Buick has recently said that they are going to try to remake the Electra, which is what the 225 was the model name for a 2024 electric model. John can trade in his long black electric Cadillac for a electric 225. And I think we meld those two songs together and we could have something pretty special. I think so. Absolutely. All right. Want to get into the lyrics? Absolutely. I think it's my turn to go first. Yes, indeed. I got me a deuce and a quarter, babe. She will ride you right. Pick you up about half past nine. We can ride all night. Come up from the city or come up from the country, baby. Cities where I stay. Got me a deuce and a quarter, babe. That's all I got to say. <laughs> it's fun. It is fun. And this, I can tell you, this brings back memories of Linda still living at home. I had a roommate. And so we would just stay in the car driving, mm -hmm. talking all night long, just riding through the streets of Lake Charles and just talking and visiting. And that, that being mobile, the, this brings to me imagery of American graffiti and that the idea of just being out there in your car and meeting and she will ride you, right? We can pick you up at half past nine and we can ride all night. The highways are escape, and it's just a beautiful imagery of this come on up for the country girl, cities where I stay, and I've got this car that I'm proud of. That's all I got to say. It's just a beautiful lyrics. Funny room. Yeah. Yeah. You want to read the chorus? Yeah. She's Detroit made, deuce and a quarter, babe. She's Detroit made, deuce and a quarter, babe. We go back to American made. There is There was a pride in this coming from Detroit made wonderful cars. You didn't worry about fuel mileage. 
You don't worry about the emissions. Horrible for the environment, right? But there's just this power in these cars that you had your status tied to what kind of car you drove. And it's just something that is absolutely silly. But I remember being a teenage kid, like, oh, I can't go out and I can't take her out in a 63 Mercury meter, meteor, my, the car I shared with my dad, right. I have a better car than that. Right. And it's, it's about it being yours. Yes. And yeah, John talking about the, the pride of the luxury of this own car. It's not the Corvair with no floorboards that comes up in another song. Yes. It's. Yeah, something luxurious and the it's the joy of driving. It's not getting from point A to point B. It is the travel, not the destination. Yes. Yeah, so big blocks, she'll do all the work so we can ride in style. Leather on those bucket seats, carpet, deep pile. <laughs> Uh, that, right? You see yes. that carpet, that those leather seats that that are thick and deep, and they have that leather smell when you sit down in them. You, you know? sink in, and it's like you're being cradled by yes. the bucket seat. Yes. Yes. And what's hard for people to remember, now I'm going to sound like that grumpy old man, right? Bucket seats were unique. Most cars had the front seat, the back seat. You just had this one long seat. Bench, you know? yes. Yeah, you have a bench seat on the front seat. And bucket seats were, ooh, a luxury. Now, almost all cars now come with that. Right. But back then, it wasn't. Now, yes. on the plus side, when you had your companion, they could slide mm -hmm. over and mm -hmm. sit next to you while you were driving, which was right. always nice. So, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> keep going so chrome that takes the moonlight on sea to shining sea you can hear those glass pipes rumble to the statue of liberty and i heard this song performed by john before the album was released and before i had my liner notes and i had the hardest time making out glass pipes because i did not know that was a thing so again i'm not a gearhead i had to do a little research and apparently that is actually something that was uh not off the lot that people did to make the cars louder which seems really bizarre to me but the idea of showing off and it's quite the image and again it is not surprising that Bob Seger, the anthem singer, the very patriotic rocker, picked this up because I don't think John gets more straight up hand over your chest pride to the flag than this about sea to shining sea. You can imagine from traveling all over this beautiful country and the Statue of Liberty shining We've got these two images of light, moonlight, and the torch. And you just imagine that chrome glinting from all of it. Yeah. According to Wikipedia, glass pipes are an old, simple, and relatively inexpensive muffler design that are effective at reducing back 
pressure, but not very effective at muffling noise. So uh, that was the point, right? You wanted that loud when you're hit, when you're hitting the the you're revving the engine. You want to hear that noise, that wonderful sound of the power. And there is that imagery, right? Chrome that old these old cars had so much chrome and that moonlight hitting on them because you you'd shine it up you've waxed it you would spend the time hand waxing this and going that and yes this is a as you talked about right his hand over his heart sea to shining sea and you can hear it all the way to the statue of liberty this is america the baseball hot dogs and chevrolet right cars were america for the longest time yeah perfect perfect yes yeah yeah then we get the chorus then it says now when i first got out of high school drove an old farm truck all the girls they walk right by me didn't even say good luck now i ride in my 225 all want to be my friend i'll pick you up later tonight now babe if you can wait till then so I talked about it, right? I was in high school. I was worried. I didn't have a cool car. My buddy yeah. Tony had a hatchback Mustang that was a standard that was absolutely beautiful. And I just had a car I shared with my dad. And you have no concept, like an older would say, now, son, if she's impressed by the car, she isn't worth your time. But when you're 16, 17, you don't care, right? You want yes. to, I love that, that feeling of, right? I, and you talked about a, this farm truck is more than just getting from point A to point B, getting me to work, getting me to school getting me to what I need to do. No, it is more than that. It is an ex- an extension of what I am. Identity. It, yes. yes, it is identity. Yeah. And we're all guilty of that. It's not in high school that yes. we put our identity in our car. Typically, our car payments are one of our largest budget items behind mortgage or rent. Yes. And if we're investing so much of our time and resources to have a car, and there's lots of great articles out there about whether we should rethink the design of communities and so forth to yes. make them less car-centric, Um we, oh, sorry, I am having some kind of music play that I okay. can't hear myself now. Okay, no problem. Okay, I don't know why that came up. Okay. Sorry, edit. All right, yes. <laughs> the, what was I saying? Designing oh, communities so that we aren't yes. so car-centric, yes. But we are car-centric. And we do define ourselves by what we choose to drive. And we are willing to invest a good portion of our resources into that label. I am a self-righteous Prius driver, and I will admit that. But there are worse things, perhaps, than to tie our sense of self into that particular object. And 
I really love that in those two verses, he is owning for himself that he doesn't need the people around him, the peer pressure of high school to tell him that he's cool now that he has a good car. He laughs it off. He's, I I know what you really think. You didn't even wish me good luck. And now you want to be my friend? Mm -mm. No, I'm going to pick up this girl that hopefully was a little less shallow and feel pretty good riding around in his Buick. Yeah, I remember when we moved to Dallas, like in 86, 87 There was an article in the Dallas Morning News about it was in the late 80s. So there was a little bit of downturn in the economy. I don't remember specifically, but I remember there was a little bit of not quite a recession, but a downtime. And they said that its economy slowed down, that Corvettes are impractical. They are incredibly expensive. They are incredibly expensive to maintain, and they get horrible gas mileage. So you would think that would have been the first thing to drop down, and Corvette sales in Dallas were higher than they ever were. Um, Yeah, it's a comfort. It is. And there are are luxury cars sold. I, right after I got my new job at CoachNet, so this was before the pandemic, but it was like, February, 2020, I'd started my new job at CoachNet and had an itch for a new car. I have a 2012 Mitsubishi Lancer that I've been driving since 2012. And I had an itch for a new car and I was thinking about it. And I realized that at the time I had a six minute commute to work. CoachNet was, (laughs) was like two lights from my house. Mm-hmm. And I went, this is dumb, Jesse. I mean, you spend 15 minutes in the car a day. Why do you want a car note? So then about a year and a half ago, two years ago, we moved where I'm now like 15 to 20 minutes away from the office. And I'm like, that's still no. Like I, I get the itch and then I push it away. Though I am tempted to get a Vespa. I don't know why that my fat butt on a Vespa would probably look ridiculous, but I am tempted to get a Vespa. So, right, is cars are more than just, they are more than just transportation. They are important to our psyche. They are important to our self-worth and our identity. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so that brings yeah. us into John's words on that. Yes. Is it yeah. my turn? Yeah, go ahead. Just about every cat I know wants him a Coupe de Ville. I pay half the price and get twice as nice, and they're still trying to pay that bill. Now, I can't say everything's okay riding in my car, but I got me a deuce and a quarter, babe. She goes like a shooting star. I remember designing women mm-hmm. and Suzanne. Yeah, I believe it's Suzanne, the, the younger sister talked about, she used to have a Mercedes 
and she was able to buy two Cadillacs for the same price that this Mercedes had. And so I, I think the idea, right, that he's got the car that he wanted while other people are chasing something with a higher prestige, a higher name, and I pay half the price and get twice as nice, and they're still trying to pay that bill. I love that line, right? Yes. That this you're chasing some kind of status. What are you trying to prove to yourself? And I have something that's, I think, twice as nice at half the price, and you're still chasing that. That is a great line. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a double bluff that you're trying to prove something. Here's me proving that I don't need to prove anything because I'm driving a car that costs half as much as yours. And yeah. and he's also just basically saying that it suits his purpose and that he gets behind the wheel and he takes off like a shooting star and everything feels all right. And we've all had that moment where it's, I just got to get out and clear my head. I'm going to rev up the engine and drive and it doesn't matter where. And it definitely brings us back to our teen years. And I don't think it's an accident that he refers to that specific time in this. He didn't have to. It is our coming into our adulthood, our coming into our identities and our coming into our independence when we first get a car. And that feeling never really goes away. It's such that when people are getting older and starting to have physical disabilities or dementia or other kind of things, and they have to give up their driver's license, it's a huge loss to the sense of self. And a lot of people become depressed by that. It really does. Yeah. And so I think that's well said. We go back to, right, I got out of Indiana in the back of a pickup truck, right? Mm -hmm. There is so much. I, As I mentioned, Bruce's Cadillac Ranch is a lot about death and facing death. And I think this song is about life and facing life and embracing that freedom that being on the highway gives you. I, I just, right. I, I just... This is such a fun song. And to hear him do it, then to hear Seeger do it. And Seeger, you were in the YouTube playlist you gave us. You've got Bob doing it live. And you just see he is loving every minute of this. That he Absolutely. is, yeah, he's just embracing the song. And it just means a lot. Yes. And yeah, and I really, you'd almost believe if John wrote songs for other people that it was written for Bob Seger. It's such a good mix. But I also just, it's a love letter from John to that car, that feeling. And I definitely think it talks about his early days as a struggling songwriter, leaving home making 25 bucks a week for a while, eating food off of a hot plate. And then I'm sure this came along when he first had the song recorded by Tracy Nelson and was now making 10 times his salary. And he treated himself not to a Cadillac or anything like that, but his own luxury yacht of a big old Buick. And he obviously never forgot that feeling. And I think it's lovely that he 
put this little love letter together many years later. Yeah, I mean, Springsteen, my hometown, talks about that big old Buick. And mm-hmm. let's not forget, right? You go to work just to watch some jerk pick up the clerks you were in line to get. And the guy uh-huh. that hired just got fired, your job expired, and you just ain't told yet. So you go and buy a brand new set of wheels to show your family just how great you feel. It's just everything in there. The idea that we have an emotional attachment to that needs of it's more than just a means of transportation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Any uh, other thoughts? No, I just thought this was a really, this was a fun, I, I enjoyed spending time with this one today. It was just really a nice little treat. Uh, right. I feel like I rated first yes. last time. No, I rated first last time, so it's uh, your turn. Always trying to get out of trouble, I am. Yeah. I am going to remind people of the scale that we have on our Google site. Please find that link on our Facebook page. It's a five-star scale. There are no half stars. <laughs> One star is sure. It's good because it's high it but you might skip it every now and then when it comes on the iPod. A two-star song is a good, solid song, but not as great when you compare it to others in the Hyatt catalog. A three-star is a song that you would put up against anything that is popular today or of its time and proves that John Hyatt is one of the best singer-songwriters around. A four-star is a classic. Everything about the song is quality and you want to listen to it again and again. And a five-star is the best of the best songs that you can't stop listening to or talking about. So perhaps your friends and family become a little bit annoyed. That's how great they are, the five-star songs. So all that being said, I really thought about this a lot. And I think if I were judging on a scale of like all the songs ever written by anybody, this would be a three or a four-star song, no question. But on a scale of John Hyatt's music, I'm going to go to, which is a really good, solid song. When I compare it to others where it comes up lacking is that there's only certain voices I can imagine singing it. As I said, it, it per- fits perfectly for Bob Seger. I can't imagine Patty Griffin doing it, even though she has a great uh, song about cars herself. And it doesn't really give me something that makes my life a little better. I see myself and I see my life in there, but it's just, okay. Yeah. I remember I, I, that's a nice thought, but it's a solid song. It's not a great song. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go three. And I think partly because of the Seeger cover, I think that when you can get to American icons doing the song, I'm going to give it a three because of that. I think if Bob hadn't done a version, I might have been more with you. But having him do that, and you can't unhear that, I think this is, I think it's a great three. It's a fun song. It is, I would, I would love to hear him live doing it. I think it would be great. I think it's good with the band. I think it's good with just the guitar. 
I'm going to give it a three. I will support your three in saying that I also think that Thistle's version really supports that it's not just an old man song, right. which you could perhaps suggest by listening to just John and Bob Seger's version. Yeah. 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 I, I absolutely. Super. All right. If someone wants to give us feedback, how can they, Sylvan? We would love it if you could rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. That means a lot to us. You can reach out to us on the Perfect Good Podcast Facebook page. We are also uh, often on uh, the John Hyatt fan page on Facebook. As I said, there is a Google site, which is a little hard to find if you're just searching because I... I'm not a website designer and I haven't optimized our search engine. If anyone's willing to do that, we would love to hear from you. And you can reach us on our email of perfectgoodpodcast at gmail. I'm also Sylvan Groth on Facebook and Sylvan Green Eyes on X. Yes, I am on the X machine as well, the platform formerly known as Twitter at jesse jackson dfw you can leave us a voicemail if you don't want to join us for a full episode you can call 469-249-2442 that's 469-249-2442 we're waiting for your calls no call us and give us your thoughts on either past episodes future episodes love as sylvan said tell one other fan about us go to wherever you get your podcast and rate and review us subscribe makes all the difference and just thank you for joining us on this journey we are having a lot of fun we are slowly making our way through the d's and thank you for everything as we're recording this in a very timey-wimey way we actually have not released the John Hyatt birthday message. But by the time you hear that, you will have heard it. And so we want to thank everyone for contributing to that and letting us be able to show our favorite singer-songwriter, or at least one of our favorite singer-songwriters, <laughs> a little birthday love. So, yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Any All final right, thoughts, Sylvan? The final thought, as always, is have a little faith. Have a little faith, listeners. Be kind, be safe. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Baby, we can come on home. Put the cow horns back on the Cadillac and change the message on the quarter It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett. 
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 